This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Hallelujah. 4 Samuel 16, 12. And he sent and brought him. Now he was ruddy without and of a beautiful countenance and godly to look upon and the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took a oil of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Verse 11. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are these all thy children? And he said, They are remaineth yet the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. Underline verse 11. Because we'll be looking at some things there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. I want to read verse 17 also. And Saul said to his servant, Provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. And he answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen the son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, that is cunning in playing and mighty and valiant man and a man of war, prudent in matters and a comely person, and the Lord is with him. Is the Lord with you? Say amen. amen. You can have your seat. God bless you. Welcome to church. Praise the Lord. Everybody say the palace is waiting. Tell your neighbor the palace is waiting for you. Hallelujah. We've been talking about overcoming the force of darkness, right? And we talked about the fact that the Bible says in uh, Ephesians six eleven, the Bible says that we, we put on the old armor of God that we may overcome the wiles of the devil. So, the devil has been stripped of his power by Jesus Christ, but there are tricks that he has, and he uses deceptions and tricks to get people, to get Christians. And we have established the fact that the devil cannot pray in the life of a Christian except to allow it. And that's why the Bible says, give no place to the devil. That it's up to you whether you're giving space or not. We've identified different spirits mentioned in the Bible. And we have also talked about over syllables that Africans are doing, which has no basis in the word of God. And I've talked about the whole idea of warfare, that the greatest warfare is in your mind and in your heart and in your mouth. That that is a real battleground. Amen. So the Bible said that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in pulling out strongholds, casting out imaginations, bringing every thought to the obedience of Christ, and are ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. And that we said that one in Second Corinthians chapter ten, from verse four, and that the strongholds are not demonic spirits outside, but are inside, because if there is no connection to your inside, they cannot operate in your life. Amen. And one of the ways that I established also that when evil spirits are dislodged, they want to come back. Anything you overcome, we try to come back. Anything you overcome, we try to come back. And they come by suggesting thoughts. There was a man that I think had taken minister to, and he stopped drinking, and then he stopped taking. He used, I mean, he was a chain smoker. Then he put the last cigarette, the last pack of cigarette he smoked, put it on top of his roof, and was telling everybody, I see, when I used to smoke, I used to take, do this. After a while, he found himself going back to that and smoking more. The Bible says, when the evil spirit went out of the man, he was going about dry places and he said, I will come back. I was able to establish from the Bible that there are more demons than human beings. And once they leave, they want to come back. Now, whatsoever I'll be to overcome, if you don't introduce the new one into your life, the old one will come back. When they come back, it's more terrible. There is nothing. 
in this world till Jesus comes, you live to fight something. Now you fight by making sure that when you get something out of your system, you replace it with something right. If there is a vacuum, the Bible said that spirit went to bring several more spirits, more wicked than himself. So evil spirits communicate. That was some words they said, amen. So I, I'm just saying, are you getting what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. When the spirit came, he found the place swept. Well garnished, but the person did not fortify himself. Darkness is permitted to go as far as anywhere light does not touch. So any area of your life where there is no light, darkness will operate there. And there is a reason I want to speak this direction today. Because, listen to me, which I've said very well, the truth about rising in the kingdom. Part of the truth is one I want to share with us today. Because when we wander away from the truth, we get into trouble. The Bible says, a man that wanders away from the path of understanding shall remain the congregation of the dead. Give me 21.16. Let's see. Proverbs 21.16. Hallelujah. So, <laughs> please. It's still under overcoming the force of darkness. Yeah, okay. The man that wandereth out of your understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. And I, I said some things about decision making for service. That one of the lies of the devil is embedded in how people make decisions. And that is sometimes called the mindset of the just. And if you don't have that mindset, you will always make the wrong decision. There are Christians who make wrong decisions at all times. And they will never see that something is wrong until it is too late. One of the operations of the spirit of darkness. So Jesus said, I am the light of the world. If anyone follows me, he will not walk in darkness. But he will have, there is the, he said, he will have the light of life. That light is understanding. There is a light of marriage. There is a light of finances. From the word of God. When we have it, we are not in dark in that area. When we don't have it, we are in dark and darkness prevails. Can I hear amen? Are you following me? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So, we must walk in light. And we must understand. So, on Wednesday, I told them there was a vision that Kenneth Hagin saw. When a demon would sit upon the woman's shoulder... And he will tell her that you are, she was married to a pastor. You are beautiful. You could have been making so much money if you were in a casino and said that you are married to this pastor. The first time she recognized her as the voice of the devil and she told that spirit to go. The spirit left. It was a vision. He saw the spirit ran like a hymn, like a monkey on her shoulder. Ran away. And then after a while, he came back again. And that fits into what the Bible says in Luke chapter 4. The Bible says the devil departed from Jesus for a while. After the top, te top temptation, Satan did not depart forever. It does not depart forever. It does not depart. It will come back. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Part of not giving any space to the devil is building up a routine that will help you overcome temptations. And I remember, I, I was talking to you, please, if you are a young person, I'm addressing all singles next week Sunday in the evening. Don't miss it. Remember where we stopped last Sunday? Amen. David, Bible said in the days when the kings were going to battle, David stayed at home. And from the top of his roof, he saw a woman taking her bad naked. And then he brought the woman, and before he knew it, there are some sins that you will commit, not because you're a bad person, but you put yourself in a place where you ought not to be. And the devil is an expert in making temptation look appealing. Eve was looking at the fruit, and she was looking, and she was looking. The Bible said that it looked like a fruit to make somebody wise. Herself and Adam had been in the garden for a long time. Before her first conversation with the serpent, she saw the fruit better, and she passed by without giving attention to the fruit. But when the serpent was talking to her right now, and she was giving attention, she looked at the fruit. I've been amazed in my life how many people saw a girl that they brought to her, the office, a maid in the house. The first time the maid looked like just a maid, nobody. 
But the next thing you hear of the man sleeping with the maid. After looking and looking at her, she begins to look at, look beautiful. You begin to observe her curves and her shapes. Okay, we are preaching. Let's look at. <laughs> That's why Jesus warned that don't look at a woman too much. When you look, eh, there is a look that undresses the woman. You know, some people, the way they look, can tell that there's loss waiting inside them. But it's not our. <laughs> if you are a man here, Go to the battle where you should go to the battle. If you don't go to the battle and you are King David, from your roof, you will see a woman having a bath. If it was at the battle, you wouldn't see the woman. So you will avoid some sins by being busy. Say amen. Is somebody looking at me? One of the sins that you avoid by being busy is gossip, sin or gossip. If you go to work early in the morning and come back very late in the night and you are worn out, you won't have time for gossiping. <laughs> amen. So God arranged work to be, it's a blessing. And that's part of what I was talking about today. So, <laughs> how did I get? Are you, are you following me? Praise the Lord. So, I said there are deceptions. So, any area where you don't have light. So, the reason why I want to go this direction. We are overcoming darkness in places. Remember, the gospel will not spread only through evangelism. One of the things that has made it necessary to share this way is that somehow, balance is so difficult for the church of Jesus Christ. When God corrects us from this angle, we run to the other angle. We seem not to want to walk at the middle of the road because balance is difficult to achieve, really. It's difficult to achieve. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. And we must understand. So, the end time gospel will not run only on evangelism by soul winning alone. It will also run on the power of influence. Everybody say power of influence. Some people's assignment will not be to do evangelism like Ria Bonke, but you need to be in places of authority where your influence will enable the gospel to spread in society. We are going to take... You, you, you need people to put their hands into the political system, into the economic system. And we are not talking about Christians who are not deep in God. That's what I want to talk about four things today. We are talking about... Because what has happened so far is that Christians who are out there are representing Christ in the social space. Many of them are not very rooted. Those who are rooted are in the church praying day and night and they will not go out. Balance is so difficult. There is a one-side teaching about sowing to get blessed. It's in the Bible. But those who think that they neglect things like investment, love, diligence and other things. That when somebody begins to teach about investment and diligence, it tends to rubbish giving in church. Why are we always one-sided? Yet a coin has two sides. Yet the word of God is a double-edged sword. Because there are always two sides. But it is normal to focus on one side. You know, I've heard some people when they start talking about a Christian investing, understanding business and the rest, they talk as if it is rubbish when they are talking about giving and all those things. Listen to me. Giving is in the Bible. And there is, there is a kind of giving. There is a, a connection between working in the anointing and giving when it has to do with money. I'm saying the grace of God rests upon your finances as a giver. And we will look at some things today. So just understand, we are about to move in a while. Because in these last days, Jesus said, in this, he said, in God's wisdom, he said, I will send unto you prophets and wise men. Everybody say prophets, prophets. and wise men. Luke chapter 11 verse 49. So there are prophets, there are wise men. And he said, you should listen to both. Christians only listen to prophets, we don't listen to wise men. The same thing. 
everything in the kingdom. When you talk about finances, when you talk about marriage, there is the prophetic side and there is the wisdom side. That's why the Bible says Christ is the wisdom and the power of God. Are you getting this? So there is the power side and there is the wisdom side. I want to challenge us this morning. I want you to notice this. Number one, God did not promise to bless your hand. He promises to bless the works of your hand. So if there is no work in your hand, the blessing cannot work. Are you hearing me? Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because I want to start with the first law. The Bible says it is not first of all the natural, but it's not first of all the supernatural, but the natural first. First Corinthians chapter 15, and that's verse 46. The Bible said that the, the natural force, then the supernatural. The natural force, then the supernatural. How be it? That was not force which was spiritual, but that which was natural. After what? The spiritual. So natural before the spiritual. Everybody say natural, natural. before the spiritual. You remember, Daniel was picked. And when Daniel was picked, Oh dear Lord Jesus, so many things I, I, I am addressing people One of the things I want to get to, to You will stop asking God to do something You will change and start praying that God should use you to do something We love the kind of prayer where we send God and an errand Lord, change our society Lord, change Lagos, change Nigeria Lord, I draw power from this one When will you start saying that, Lord, use me He wants that one Because God works through men He prefers to work through you so instead of you standing God to go and do something, ask God, at least your own part, that my portion in this thing, help me to play my role. That is a responsible pray- way of praying. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. Amen. Before, so from the story of David, I want to pick out something. When the guy that identified David, the king was looking for somebody to play. And then one of them said, I have seen the son of Jesse. A man skillful in playing up. He is very handsome. He said he speaks very well. He's very articulate in his speech. And he said he can fight. Look at combination in one man. Hey, especially those of us that are young. Remember I told you last week, if you are 25, you were 25 before, now you are 30, you can never go back again. And what you do around now will be a foundation for the future. And you are not going to be 30 twice. You are not going to be 40 twice. Are you following what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. The first thing we must understand in this regard, when it comes to rising in the kingdom, because I desire that all of you will not be ordinary people. You are out there doing great and mighty things. That's why I'm putting these words in you with all energy. Go out and do things for the kingdom. The first law, Proverbs 22, 29. Let's read. Hallelujah. And we check this with, with David's story. See thou a man that is diligent in his business. He shall stand. Let's read it together. Does it apply to every man? Yes, Say, so do you see a man who is diligent in his business? Ah, The Bible says, he that is faithful in little. Is also faithful in much. The Bible didn't say that it's faithful in a little. We also be. No. You are regarded as a faithful man or as an unfaithful man with whatever is in your hand, whatever you call it. So in God's wisdom, 
He that cannot undo 10,000 cannot undo 10 million. Are you following me? If you cannot be a blessing to five people around you, you can never bless 5,000 people. If you don't take care of a BQ very well, you cannot take care of a duplex. If you have a car, maybe 1992 model, and the way you treat the car, he that is faithful, because I must say that what leads to being diligent is to be faithful. Nobody can be faithful. You can't be diligent if you are not faithful. If you are faithful to what you do, you are there in the morning, you are there in the afternoon, and you are there in the evening. Praise the Lord. So the Bible says, do you see a man who is diligent? He shall stand. So there is a way to stand before kings. And the Bible says, the first step, a man that is diligent in what he does. Glory to God. Amen. Diligent, being diligent will lead to the next thing. You can never be an excellent man if you are not a diligent person. It is in doing it over and over again you put passion into what you are doing that leads to the, to the next level. Remember, the fact that you are diligent does not automatically lead you to the presence of kings. At the palace, the best hands are needed. And there are two things that a person must enter to get into that level. You must become a man of excellence and then you must be favored. And that favor comes by the anointing. Are you following me? That's why the Bible says, you know, people we call this a lot. The race is not to the swift. It is true. But you also need to remember that only those who enter the race are talk and win. The best team might not win the World Cup. But only a good team will qualify for World Cup. Did you get that? So when we say the race is not to the swift, it does not mean the team will go around and come to the head of a lazy man. That will not happen. Among those who are competing for the race, they are already the best. But the best of the best might not win. Because there is also an additional law that is called the law of favor. So in the story of great men, you will see an aspect that will look like a coincidence, a lock. Unbelievers will call it lock, whatever. But you see, in the kingdom, there is an anointing that guides you into a place of greatness. And that anointing comes as we obey the word of God. Praise the Lord. The guy was out the first day and the lion and the bear came. If David left those sheep and he ran away and he told the father at home that I, I saw a lion. I mean, you will have to be an unreasonable father to beat your son for running away from the lion because even yourself you will run. So it would have looked like a good excuse. But when David saw the lion, he said, ah, no way. You are not taking one of my sheep. You are not taking the sheep. And he killed the lion. Then he saw the bear. I know. I brought 50 out of the house. I am taking 50 back. That level of commitment touched the heart of God. How can a young man be this passionate about a word given to him? Men and brethren, I don't know what to do. But I'm sharing with you how we rise. Because there is a call on your head to rise. And you need to get it right on time. Because time is running. If all of us don't rise, our nation will slide into chaos. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. Among the pilots, they will select a very good one, like the one flying Donald Trump around. It has to be a very good pilot. But it might not necessarily be the best pilot. 
He is a very good pilot, diligent. He must have a certain number of hours he must have been flying. Then, in choosing him, he is the chosen one. He is the anointed one. He's lucky. He's blessed. Somebody must have recommended him. Among all the ones that are good, somebody said to the president that this guy is very good. He has been flying for a certain number of hours, so they bring him in. But he is not the only one who has been. But right now that he has been picked by the president, his level has changed. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, one day, Saul needed somebody to play. And there will always be a call. At the, there will always be a call. Palace will always call. But two things will lead you there. You must be an excellent person, which only comes from you being diligent. And then there must be an anointing over what you do. And this is the part. I read something to them for service, and I want to read it to you again before I continue. Are you following me? Read um, we read 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 18. Let's start from 7. 2 Timothy 2, 17. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. The Bible says that my sheep bearing my voice, they will not follow a stranger. There are many people following different voices right, right now. Look at this one. Their words will eat as does canker. That's like a cancer. Of whom is Amenius and Philetus. Everybody say Amenius and Philetus. Two guys. Paul said their words will eat you up. Look at what they say concerning the truth. They have hell. Saying that resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. Have you met these guys before? Amenius and Philetus. They are all over social media. They are on radio station now. Overthrowing the faith of some. Paul started a church. He was teaching a church. Timothy was the pastor of the church of Ephesus. Timothy was 20 when he was the pastor of Ephesus, between 18 and 20. And the Bible said the church was 20,000 membership church. And Timothy was 18, 18, between 18 and 20. And the Bible said that he has known the scripture from a, a little child. And all of a sudden, two guys came on radio and on the internet and started teaching people that resurrection is, is an old idea, is past. And the Bible said that they were able to overcome the faith of some Christians. Because some Christians are not rooted in the world. In our time also, things are not new. There are Emmanuel and Philetus also now. Who come on social media and tell you that don't give tithe, don't do that, do, do. they say all those things. And they overthrow the faith of some. Some were born practicing some kingdom stuff. Amenos and Philetus will tell you that it is wrong, it is past. So you know them now. Eh? And you meet more of them. You know why I'm saying this? They are tricking a lot away from their destiny in Christ. Because for people under Paul to have listened to Amen and Philetus, they must be, they must have strong oratory power. They open Bible and prove to people that nothing like resurrection. And certain people say by Paul, got up from church and walk out. The Bible says, Amenos and Philetus overthrew their faith. They looked at Paul one day and said, you see what? Apostle Paul, stop it. That resurrection is a no thing. It's not, it's not relevant to our time now. So you identify Amenos and Philetus now. They are still on our radio station now. They are still on the internet now, overthrowing the faith of people. They will not pray for the sick. They won't render any. All they do is to tell you what is wrong with every church. And some Christians listen to Amenos and Philetus. They excite them. They like it. And they do not ask that. Has this guy ever taught me anything that I did to my Christian life? All they keep telling me is that something is wrong with what I believe. Something is wrong with your church. Something, and some people follow. This one I didn't say to our church. It's not affecting us. Anyway. I'm saying it to Christians out there who are listening to me. Because I meet many of them on social media. Who are confused because they listen to Amenos and Philetus. They will overthrow your faith. That's what they will do. They make you hear the idea of carrying Bible and go to church. They will tell you to stay at home. They are menos and philetos. I know two of them that are very popular. They are still alive. <laughs> Amen. Do you know them? 
I'm not talking about anybody. I'm just asking. Have you met Have you met Amenos and Philetus before? Amen. Do they fit into what you just read now? Overthrowing the faith of people. All of a sudden, some people were not going to church in the time of Timothy. What happened? They were listening to Amenos and Philetus. Who told them that? See, some top body of resolution is passed. That's just old, old truth. Amen. But the truth of the word stays. That's why I'm sharing. I, I, I can't finish today, but I, I am just telling you when you consider the wisdom aspects. Oh, some I was praying one time and the Lord led me to say this. I said, the more, the more opportunities you create for wealth, when you notice the blessing over your life, channel it into more than one thing. Let it go to some other things. Amen. We will explain one time that there are seasons in your life. There is, at times, things don't flow every now and then. When there is a flow, know the right thing to do with it. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. If he said he will bless the works of your hand, the more works you have, the more blessed you are. You are, you are. It's very, but that was why I said last week that if you are MC, for instance, and they only call you on Saturday, it does not matter how much they are paying you on Saturday. If you are a young man, don't sleep from Monday to Friday on your bed snoring. Even though they're only calling you on Saturday. Whatever profit you are making on that Saturday, use it, channel it to something Monday to Friday. This energy must not be allowed to waste. You must do something. Because a time comes, a other things you are doing will take care of some other things. It is very important. Hallelujah. One of the things that worked for David, he was a shepherd boy. When did he learn to become a soldier? Because the guy, one of the CV, the guy said that he was mighty in war. And how come he knew how to talk? He was not MC. So, in taking care of the sheep, maybe when the sheep were hitting, and they were lying down, the guy started learning how to fire stone with it. Remember, his brothers were in the army, but he did not. There are things, thank God for internet, unfortunately. Oh, see, one of the sins that Christians must repent of is the sin of wasting time. All of you that are younger, what do you read on internet? Some of you come to church also. You are Facebooking. What are you checking? Pictures of people. The moment you are spending one, two hours per day, three hours per day, doing things that add nothing to yourself. You are sinning against yourself. And against your own future. You check pictures on Facebook. Check, 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 check. That's what you check. On the same internet with the same data you have, there are plenty of things to read. You will not read. Open schools are there. You are not checking. All you are doing is to check the gale or somebody. The centimeter and the direction. And you enter discussion with people. Actually, get it away. And that's what you are talking about. What does that have to you? Nothing. Jesus is calling for... See, I'm talking in an aggressive manner. I am seeing the future. Only those who can intervene are sitting listening to me. Hopelessness is rising in the country more. You can't deny it again. Things are happening on every side. And God is calling people to rise. Savior shall come from Zion. And that's why we are talking about this. And the people who are coming to rescue others cannot be like the people you are planning to rescue. Praise the Lord. Oh, dear Lord Jesus. You see, um, maybe I should stop here. When we are worshiping at that time, the Lord said something. You heard me when I said it. Month of March. He told me yesterday, he just reminded me on pulpit today. It's going to give opportunities to a lot of people. It's going to be financial opportunities, opening doors, projects and things that will come. I want to say this to everybody. Listen very carefully to me. If you're not the son of my voice anywhere, 
and Philetus and Aminos have told you that how many titles begin give. Don't give titles. You are stopped. I feel so sorry for you. You see, by your wisdom, by, by your own way, you can make some headways. But you are not part of the end time army we are talking about. There is no... This army will achieve things. They will do all that I have said. They are diligent. They are excellent. But they also understand the place of the anointing. Because it is that that opens. That is when one auntie somewhere will speak to somebody. That is when you will show up when, when it matters. An unusual contract, project, things are given to you. We are talking about people who can look at their blessing and know that this is nothing but the mighty hand of God. For the hand of man can't take you far. Already all of you know that the people that are holding the country to ransom, people that are ruling this world, many of them, you know that they are not ordinary. You know by now. Many of them are deeply occult. They understand the place of the spiritual in what they do. Many of them don't just use money alone. You know, I believe if you're an African, you understand very well. An average wealthy person, you understand. Those are, what are, those are the people that are not in Christ, you know other things that they do. They understand very well that this thing is not limited to the physical. As they are getting deeper into the spirit on the other side, Christians have become both, and they are reading books and thinking that it's only here. We will read because we should read more than any other person. Remember, I told you, imagine, sir, before the supernatural came into Daniel, he read the books he was given in Babylon. Have you noticed that? They were selected first. They had already passed the exam that made them to, call, to come to palace before he had his first vision. The Lord does not waste his revelation on it. So, the other side of Christ, I, I, I agree with those who have seen things truly, where Christians sit down, they are expecting one breakthrough to come from nowhere, somewhere. Check very well from David to Jacob to all of them. The mighty hand of God showed up when they have done their part very well. So, you will do your part. I said something in the morning. Will you take your wife who is pregnant about to give birth to a doctor? He said, this is a doctor that he never went to med school, but the Holy Spirit tells him how to help a child. <laughs> and he said, this one is a doctor. He went to med school, but it's also spirit-filled. Which one will you go to? Even if they, both are, they are both full of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> but this one also went to medical school. I will carry my wife to this one. This one, in case... <laughs> <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, Praise the Lord. Imagine yourself in a plane and the pilot says that, you know what, I just believe the Lord will direct us as we go. I, I have never flown a plane before. I just believe that in the name of Jesus, as we rise, we land in America. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely, you'll be like, hey, not me and you. <laughs> that cannot be said. Is there another pilot who prays, but also <laughs> you'll be flying for years? So that means the Almighty will not remove the place of your own ability. Your own contribution, your own, you must do your own part. So Daniel, they gave them an exam, he passed, he read, and then the supernatural came after the natural. Daniel was there in the night. When Jacob saw a vision that multiplied the sheep, he told his wife, he said, in the morning I was outside there by the sheep, in the evening I was there. He said, your father cheated me ten times. He said, he even wanted to help me, but God saved me. He said, one of the nights, as the rain was beating me because of your father's animal, an angel appeared to me and told me what to do. So even though Jacob was on, on operating commoner, because I am saying the problem with people is that they talk about this other part, that you need to do your part and they downplay covenant. I am saying that a balanced Christian understands it too. There is a limit to which you can carry yourself. There are Christians who would have been so great that we are hearing from them now. They have shot a part of their heart to the prophetic aspect of rising and they have limited it to their physical ability. Those who come in a fetish manner, those who come with the other spirit will outweigh you and clear you out. That's the truth. Because many of them are also very intelligent. It is where the power of God, the power, 
This is very important. I know they are men of integrity. They truly want to see the nation. They truly want to do things. Or do things for their family. But they have forgotten that they are limited. That the ability of a man is nothing when you face spirits. But when a man does his part with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, no limit to such a man. I am saying to everybody, understand what the Bible says about your part financially. Because it is where, with the situation of the country now, the way out is for saying to follow everything I have said, but also, say Jesus was teaching them about balance and he explained to them, uh, you know, he was telling them, he said, you guys, um, he said, you give the title of this and that, that's Luke 11, 42. He said, this you ought to do, not to leave the order undone. I wish those who correct things would begin to know. Some people just come and just say, everyone, and then they attack. What we, it, it doesn't work that way. See, I heard Keretegi say this, and when the message of faith came out, he started telling people of faith that there are things you need from holiness camp. Jesus builds his church. There is foundation, there is a building. What Christians like to do now, there are many faith people now. When the message of faith came to America, God started teaching by faith. When God started teaching us that it's not about what we, we, you wear, our people moved to the house and started wearing anything. People even come to church and open their chairs and open everything. Why is it that when God corrects us, you know, the church started with to use body spray was wrong. Poverty glorified God. If you look too far in that time, we will start suspecting you that there's a sin in your life. Brother, repent. Your tie is too nice. So, you know, worldliness is catching. As God started correcting us of those things, that there's nothing wrong with hearing, we move to the other side. Now, people dress anyhow, and it is wrong. Why is it that people might be finding it difficult to stay at the center of the road? Say so there's nothing wrong, you know. Honestly speaking, all over Nigeria, I have met people on a Sunday morning going to church and they just shake your head out. Do they know what they are going to meet in the church? They will not go and make Queen Elizabeth like this. They will not. They are more honored for the queen than the king of glory. There are people like that. You saw the way they all dressed all very well on the, 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 the prince's wedding day. All the popular thoughts around the world, none of them wore rubbish because they wanted the party of the queen. Yet, when they come to the party of the king of kings in the church, they will tell you that, that this is what I... How come they all got the clothes to wear for, for that wedding? The popular act, actress in Hollywood, everybody dressed well that day because the wife dressed well. Why do people respect men more than God? Can the president ask you to come and see him and you wear spag? Honestly, I don't know what spag is. I just said that name. I don't, I don't know. I shall know that they call that. So, so in case it's... it's the, it, if I'm wrong, I'm, 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 you, at least you understand, I'm just trying to give an example. Not that, say, I, I, she said, I don't know which one. Well, see, I'm just saying that. Why is it that to now appear before the king, you cannot just, yeah, the king lives with you every now and then, but for the honor of fellowship with other saints, can you let them guide what to wear? What about every day, say, can you portray so much honor yourself? That you don't expose your body anyhow. Nobody will give you dressing formula. It's not a job in the church. But can you just make it your policy that you wear the best, you look presentable always. Not in a way that people will. That's what, no, not, see, you are representing Jesus Christ. And you need to let that show. Okay, how come when they ask you that they want to interview your CNN or they want you to meet the president, why do you change what you wear then? And then I know that, that shows that, see, you were going for an important stop. You change your clothes. Why don't you live like that every day? We are something that people will applaud. 
All of you that are watching me, if you hate me for this, that's your ethic. I don't care, really. Because I know when you talk like so, people just get... So I, really, I don't care. But I don't, when you talk like so, we just get angry. Now, am I against you? Do I hate you? Do I have any problem? No. I'm just sharing with you that there's a better way of doing things. That you don't have to. You don't have to. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you with me? I was watching one day, a girl broke up with her boyfriend. Because the guys, it was, and what she was wearing, her pants was showing. So the micro, I don't know what they call it, mic, mic, micro, mic, mic. That one was another level. And they were going, it was the guy that invited her for the dinner. And just said, dear, can you change? You want to control me? And they fought and fought and fought. And you said, you know what? It's over. Just to, sorry, I, I started asking myself a question. So, if she had something more, she would die on the way. I don't understand. Praise the Lord. You, you still want to, what, what does he, is it that when you wear something that covers your breast, the wedding will not hold? I don't understand. If you are still trying to prove a point to your friends, you are not yet a Christian. You are saved, but you have not reached Gilgah, where there is circumcision, where the reproach of Egypt will be wiped off you. That's the problem. So you are still thinking about somebody. You want them to respect you on your wedding day. Them and the respect. Something is wrong with all of them together. <laughs> if that's how they respect you, that ah, she was so daring. If you are a lady, young lady, and you are planning to wear, don't invite me. <laughs> See, it's an agreement now. I'll we can come for your reception and eat rice. But if I'm the one officiating, I will talk. So, so before one, so don't let daddy and mommy look at me as a bad person, embarrassing their daughter. That's why I'm warning ahead. If that's what you want to do, there are many choices. We will come for the wedding. You don't have to wear there. We'll come. We attend. But if you give me IV and you put my name there, that I'm the one officiating, and I am standing on the altar, and you are standing for me reading vows, and my eyes are saying things they ought not to see. My mouth also will say things you ought not to hear. Hope that is a good deal. You, you understand? So, that's the way it is. So, <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Did you get what I've just shared today? I am calling on some of you. If you are not um you read about tithes, but you are not a tither. We will talk about this one day. If I sit down with the noisemakers on radio, we show them from the word of God that they don't know anything. I see loopholes in what they are saying. Satan is under the law. Abraham operated by faith. Abraham was the father of faith. He was the first one to give tithes. Melchizedek is a prototype of Jesus Christ. Still in the New Testament, Paul talked about the same Melchizedek in Hebrews chapter 5. And Melchizedek did just two things. Have you read your Bible? Abraham knelt down and gave him a tithe. He gave Abraham bread and wine. Communion. Melchizedek was the first part that he stood there communion in the Bible also. Is the church still doing communion up till now? Yes. If communion is not passed away, tithe is not passed away. Let nobody tell you one garbage on one radio. Except they can prove that we should not be doing communion also. Which some of them are beginning to say because they are trying to justify the argument for this. Melchizedek only appeared to do two things. He used to take communion and tithes with Abraham. And Isaac gave tithes. When it was Jacob, God appeared to Jacob, and Jacob said, Almighty God, if you, if you guide me that I go and I come back, I will give you 10% of everything. 
Jacob was Abraham's grandpa. God, when I said this to one of them, it's okay, I agree, but Abraham did it once. I said, that's not true. If it, is, if it wasn't a practice by Abraham, how did Jacob know? He was Abraham's grandson and they never lived together. He was not there when Abraham gave to Melchizedek. And they were no, they had not recorded anything in those days. So how did Jacob know? That the moment God appeared to him, that he just told God, I say, I will give you a tithe of everything. How did he know? His grandpa practiced it, his father copied it, he saw his father do it, and then he started doing it. That's all. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. And all those scenarios happened before the Lord. The Lord came 400 years after Abraham. And the Bible calls Abraham the father of faith. Romans chapter 4. The Bible said that all of us will walk in the steps of Abraham. That's why we still do communion. And that's why we give tithes. Listen. There is other stream of tithes. It was institutionalized into the law later. Abraham did it by faith. The Jews did it by law. Christians do it by faith. That's why I cannot say a devourer will devour because that is the law part. But Abraham's part just did it. Let, let me see. You, you cannot, God is not mocked. When it comes to money, you can hold and, you know, somehow there's a deception in people's hearts that they can bypass something laid down by God and just, no, sir. No, ma. You cannot. I have told you many times, are there atrocities being committed in the church that we can't deny that? That's why I don't see any scriptural reference for saying, come out so $50 sin and this one will happen to you. It's not in the Bible. But the one in the Bible I will tell you because I want everybody to rise. There is a grace by faith for wealth. So when we have done all our parts, we give to God to show that it is not by power nor by might, but by the Spirit. We are not raising money for anything. I'm just telling you the truth. Because this is cutting, it's, it's affecting many people. And people now become desperate. They go to a place. Somebody says that if you come out and saw something will happen now, you are in a tight corner, so you rush out, and then nothing happens. Because you have not decided to institutionalize obedience. Why don't you make up your mind? I don't need any prophet to come up and say there's a special anointing when I give. I just know what the word says, and I obey every month. It's part of me. I don't go out and give anything. I've been in a place where I wanted to give half a million. When I saw wonderful debate, well, that was what I planned to do. When the man came out and he started saying, by the grace of God, I'm giving him, I'm giving him, I mean, I, I love, when, when the man started, I come out, the first 30 people to come, I'm going to do this. I sat back on my side, I didn't go out. I have practiced giving, I've been blessed without going out, so you can't talk me into going out. The Bible has already talked to me, so you cannot talk to me. Are you, are you with me? So this is why we obey the word. If you are not practicing this regularly and working with the Lord, this thing might catch you one day. Then you open the shop one day and then once you come and pour uh, water on the floor of the shop and then ask you that you should give after that and all those things. Practice this by yourself every because it's a month of opportunities. I am telling you. We are praying together. God will send help to you. God will open doors to you. But remember the Lord first. Shall we rise? Glory to God. You are rising financially. In offices, there will be several opportunities. The Lord will lift you. In the name of Jesus Christ, His grace will shine on everything that pertains to you. I bless you in the name of the Lord. May this month be the most productive month ever. May you experience His blessings like never before. I pray for divine protection over everybody. That the Lord will keep you. He will guide you. And He will cause His face to shine upon you. Blessed be in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the teaching. We believe you have been blessed. 
Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Towing Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m. While our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go and do great things. God bless you.